0: the story
1: What was what?
0: of when your what? nurse came in and and your mom was just like is he gonna be able to
1: help you? Yeah. yeah 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 that's first thing she asked and i was like Whoa. love right? it and my mom was like to
0: his nurse she like
1: she's like you know you're thinking it and i was like okay she's All like right. someone has someone who is there to advocate for you hey, your mom
0: is there to, she is there for yeah, you bro
1: she was like let's not beat around the bush here <laughs> Oh, so
0: now you get to do the
1: sexual jokes. No, <laughs> that wasn't even a sexual joke. It's just, yeah, my mom's wild. <laughs> Shout out to my mom. huh? Oh, uh, love it. Yeah, she's crazy.
0: Welcome back to the Health Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Nicole and I am with my two lovely co-hosts, Ro and Brooke. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> just been, you know, shooting the shit for about 45 minutes <laughs> until no, we start so recording. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Um, Just one of those weeks where we gotta, we gotta have a good laugh. So what's yes. everyone up to? How's your week going so far?
1: It's, it's Tuesday, right? Like, mm-hmm. just it's yeah. Tuesday, I think it's fine. I guess, yeah. I feel like all this stuff that happened last week, it's mm-hmm. the 12th I like, I said, today, just, yeah. We're just it's, it's out like out of like March, a long week, it's only oh Tuesday, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I literally what? just woke up on Monday and was just like, All right, second week of January,
1: you better get your shit together, yeah. Bring it on, but also, please be gentle, yeah. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty much my tough guy front, I'm like, Please oh. don't hurt me.
2: <laughs> that's the last screen on am drinking tonight i
1: literally haven't seen her for like six hours and now she's like oh hello it's like, okay but yeah how was how was your guys this week because mine was uneventful so far so
0: it's been good i mean just trying to trying to take it one day at a time and you know
1: we're really starting to <laughs> figure with like it super out. Super great energy. <laughs> like, people are going to listen. I mean, nothing like, exc- like, like nothing crazy
0: exciting has happened <laughs> yes, just man. yet. Like you yes, said, right. it's only Tuesday. <laughs> Maybe we can
1: be hopeful for the rest of the week. I guess. Yeah. Well, we record Sunday, so like the next episode people listen to, they'll be like, "Oh, it did not get better. Like, <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, never mind. These are very sad, sad people." <laughs> I think we're doing all right. Yeah, just all yes, we're right. good. We're good. We're good, everybody. Don't worry. What are you um, guys drinking? What oh, are we drinking? Yeah, tonight? Alcohol helps.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh I'll go first. I have Miso Honey <laughs> Blonde. Uh it's from Belching Beaver. It's one of the ones I I have two more left of the ones you all sent. So this one and then one more. But it is a obviously a blonde from Belching Beaver Brewery. And I don't know where they're. Situated out of Oceanside, California um, That I haven't is epic Yeah, I like it It's like the It's a beaver with Honey in one hand And a beer in the other And he's screaming So, you know, that's I only tried to pick the ones with great names point. That, so far, they've been great
2: And labels It's like pretty colors And like great <laughs> yeah. names Let's see What about you, Brooke? What you got?
1: Oh, that's interesting It's good
2: like yeah, is it good? Mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: No, yeah, good because in- it does taste like honey. Like, have mm-hmm. you ever had the uh, the Jack Daniels like Tennessee or mm-hmm. Tennessee whiskey? I guess it's that with the yeah, honey, it's like
2: Tennessee honey or something. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah.
1: So it's like that except less aggressive, and it's <laughs> a beer. So you can like actually taste the honey. It's really good. It's really good. Thanks. Ten we out of ten do an to episode you.
0: Episode where we
1: just take shots.
0: Oh no! Like a shot roulette episode. Oh yeah, we definitely should. That would be like. That'd be cool. You know, obviously not like 10 shots, but no, maybe like ten ten shots. Somebody, like, <laughs> a one at the beginning, one in the middle, one near the end and just see what happens.
1: Every time we make a gaffe <laughs> of sorts. Yeah, that would be, yeah. be great.
0: Good God.
1: I'd be past that. You guys are like,
0: oh, okay. <laughs> so, that would have to be like a Friday night episode.
1: Sorry, I would need the whole weekend because I'm old now to get over that hangover.
0: Lord have mercy.
1: Anyway, Brooke, what are you drinking?
2: I've got a fine grocery store red blend from California.
0: Nice.
2: Uh, oh. yeah, Brian ran to was Harris Teeter. To your door? No, actually, Brian was being a good, good boyfriend, and he went and got groceries and good house picked husband. this fine <laughs> grocery store wine.
1: <laughs> He's like, "This one's on sale. I'll take that one." <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's not bad. It's like a good medium-bodied, easy drinking, nothing exciting.
1: <laughs> nice. That's <laughs> how we like it.
0: Yeah, wine doesn't have to be exciting. It just, it warms our soul.
1: Okay. <laughs> what are you drinking? You're you might need something stronger. He's like, so I have vodka okay. and tequila mixed. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Um. I also have a red wine, and I honestly picked it because of the label. I'm going to show y'all. It's like a two fighters.
1: Punching people or two people punching each other?
0: Yeah, two people punching each other. (laughs) Like fighters. (laughs) What would you call them, Ro?
1: I think those were boxers. They had the boxing gloves on, right? Boxers. Yeah.
0: And it's from Rough and Ready Wine Productions, so I liked it is it it's good? just a yeah it's a red a red wine mix does it pair well with Bridgerton? rough and ready wine oh, oh my gosh you need to this if you're not Ugh. gonna watch it Ugh. then no more comments <laughs> <laughs> i,
1: I only watch the you videos you send the minute long video recordings that you sent me okay i mean i just have Weird. to make my. Like, i
0: have to prove my points
1: you don't have to prove anything to me i don't believe you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah right road The person who
1: loves to debate and argue, he's like, you don't need to prove anything to me. I mean that that when you're when you're saying stuff like that, I'm like, okay, I believe you. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. good, good."
0: (laughs) I just love how you uh, you choose when you want to like turn into like this this innocent man who cannot take any sexual jokes. (laughs) He's like, I need Jesus, about. Nicole, yeah. please stop.
1: <laughs> I go to I go to church every week. Man, I couldn't tell you the last time I went. Anyway, we're we're alienating the Christians. Um
2: <laughs> uh, We're probably gonna talk about oh, this on the, the podcast because
1: spiritual oh, health is a thing. That's yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, we do have Uh, You have to believe that
0: there's a higher power than yourself, Row. Oh
1: my God. Anyway, (laughs) let's talk about the question (laughs) of the week. Jesus. So this one is from at hannah.gip. I assume either that or gip, G I P P. I think gip. Uh, Yeah, gip. When battling a long healing injury, what should your intake do? Uh, For instance, does it need to drop for lack of movement? Or stay the same to help the body heal. A little backstory on, I assume this person's name is Hannah. Yeah, I'm uh, Hannah. She <laughs> used to do Olympic lifting, uh, bodybuilding style lifting, and even some power lifting. Uh, but she does have a shoulder injury and is now eating around 1,200 calories a day. Center her arm is in a sling and only doing very limited things with lower body. So just a bit more context. Um, but I don't think that it like, I wonder if that changes the, the answers that you two would give.
2: Yeah, definitely. It kind of does. So I kind of wanted to break down a couple things here. Um, Feel free to stop me on my rant if you guys want to interject.
1: Don't stop me now.
2: But uh, so pretty much we always (laughs) want our calorie target to find a calorie target. Let me back up. Just to find a calorie target. It's your resting metabolic rate, which is your baseline needs just to survive and exist on a cellular level at, you know, to make sure everything's maintaining, performing the way it should be. Your breathing, your organs are there, all your tissues are there, nothing's breaking down, plus your activity level. So you do have an activity level, even if you're sedentary, or, you know, even if you're just doing a couple little things like lower body machines and walks, that's still activity. And then we adjust from there based on your goals. So When you're injured, it's actually best not to go into a calorie deficit, but your needs will change. Does that make sense? Like you want to make sure you're maintaining things, but because your activity will naturally be decreasing, your calories will decrease a little bit to bring you to what would be your new maintenance level because you don't have this, you know, a lot of activity going on, but you don't want to go into a calorie deficit for a couple of reasons macronutrients and micronutrients are going to be really important to repair and recover from whatever's going on and to make sure you're getting adequate protein should obviously be a priority. And I know Hannah, I messaged her back from the podcast IG and we talked a little bit. Um, She's doing great there, but I would suggest eating more calories than that 1200 because that really is that's the baseline recommendation for a two to four year old child. Um, even if you are not working out at all and you're sedentary, I guarantee you, you still need to be eating much more than 1200 calories a day. And this is so important. Um, Just like a couple things I wanted to riff on if you're injured, things that are important, adequate protein, right? It repairs tissue, not just muscle. Uh, So making sure whatever's going on in your shoulder is healing has adequate proteins to support it. Some of the micronutrients that matter are vitamin C. We need vitamin C, for instance, to to make collagen. Omega-3 fatty acids will be important, so make sure you're getting some fatty fish in throughout the week because this is going to help to decrease long-term inflammation. We've talked about inflammation a lot on the podcast, and it, it serves a purpose and it's good. Uh, and from an acute perspective, but if we have long periods of inflammation, that's not so great. So omega three fatty acids, make sure that's in your diet or supplemented zinc is another one. You need that for wound healing and tissue repair. You can find it in, you know, meat, for example. So if you're getting adequate protein, you should be okay on zinc. Also vitamin D and calcium, the combo is important. So they absorb correctly, but great for bone health. But if you didn't injure your bone, you also need these things for nerve signaling and muscle contraction that plays a role in that healing process. So definitely important to understand to not drop into a calorie deficit and really fuel your body to make sure it can repair itself. And um, I mean, the best way to do this would be to work with a dietitian to figure out exactly where your numbers should be, to figure out your baseline. But you want to eat maintenance, not a calorie deficit, to make sure that you're also preserving all that muscle mass you worked so hard to get, and that you're supporting your body through the healing process.
1: Yeah, that really in-depth answer and a really good answer. I would just like to add also that <clears throat> your body is really good at reacting to how much um sustenance it's it's getting uh or sustenance. So, if you're putting yourself in a caloric deficit and you're already like your lifestyle has kind of changed, like you're obviously not as active because you can't do the things that you want to do as far as training goes because you're eating less your body is going to want to do less. So you might be like sleeping more or just lounging around on the couch more or not even wanting to go out. If you can go out, you know, you know, 2020 and 2021 vibes. Um, But like, because you have that decrease, you are inherently going to do less. So not only are you blocking the healing process, you might be, you know, adding more stress to your life because you can't, do the things you want to do or like maybe a week will pass and you're like wow well, i haven't done that really exciting thing that makes me happy but it's because your body's like well we're not eating so we're just gonna sit here um but yeah you know something just to, to think about as well the mentality all parts of health which is exactly what we're getting into today so good answer
0: yeah i agree
1: Nice. All quiet. I agree. <laughs> so
2: Coco, do you want to explain like what we're diving into today? This was kind of your idea and I'm super excited you brought it up.
0: Very. Yeah. So I think we've definitely touched a lot in multiple episodes about how an individual's health is impacted by many different factors. Um, so I thought... And talking to you guys, like, I think we all thought that it would be useful to actually dive into what this actually like means and looks like. Um, So what we're um, diving into is known as the social determinants of health. And these are the conditions in which we are born, in which we grow, live, work, and age, and they all impact ways. So these circumstances are also further shaped by the distribution of money, power, and resources on a global, national, and local level. So when it comes to health, just like many other topics, I think that we tend to believe what we've experienced or what's worked best for us is true for everyone else. So I think this is going to be a good conversation to unpack how and why each of us like approaches and or achieves health differently and i think like yeah i think it's going to be a good conversation i'm excited to see all of our different viewpoints and how different things have impacted each of us differently
1: for sure it'll be a <clears throat> good talk cuz i get to be like oh you're privileged helped you lose weight right um but that's like a a real thing sometimes Mm -hmm. um i know that one of the things that every every time we we write in our papers or in academia like it's it's especially when we're talking about health and like cardiometabolic diseases we always mention like socioeconomic status you know and and i think a lot of us will focus on food and exercise because When you look at it objectively, your weight or, you know, uh, yeah, we'll just stick with your weight to make it simple. Your weight is an equation of calories in versus calories out, right? That we, that's just thermodynamics, it's physics, but that doesn't take into account like, you know, we've talked about disease, your age, your sex, things like that, but it doesn't take into account how you might live in a food desert or how the only food available to you is at a family dollar, Because, you know, all you can afford are chips or whatever. And I think that it's it's a very hard pill to swallow for people maybe who have never thought about that or have had to live through that because it's it is really easy to be like, oh, yeah, you just have to move more and eat less. It's like, well, I don't have a place to move more or there aren't even sidewalks in my neighborhood. And like, we just talked about food deserts and stuff. So um, <clears throat> I am really excited to talk about that and, and really just kind of wanted to lead with that. And and when, when you think about what has, I guess we'll start with like, what has hindered your progress the most from from a personal standpoint, um, looking at it from that entire context. What do you think that would be for the both of you?
0: Um, I don't. I mean, when I think about health as a whole. And how my viewpoint of my health has changed, I think. Really, one of the only thing that things that's really hindered me is. The. The. Like consumption and the media telling me all these different things that necessarily weren't true. And that kind of took me down different roads of dieting or just games in order to make my body smaller because I thought that that was the only thing that would make me healthier. And so there really hasn't been anything in my life that I didn't have access to. I've always lived in a safe neighborhood. I've always had access to healthcare. I've always had that support from like my family and um, finances and all of those things. But I have, in my opinion, like just experienced the wrong kind of like messaging, especially when it comes to diet culture and that definitely led me down roads that weren't beneficial to my health. And so I've kind of had to like, and I've had the privilege of learning a new way and establishing new behaviors that work for me. But um, I really think that's probably the only thing that really hindered me was just not knowing the right information.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think for me, it's uh, definitely what Nicole mentioned. I Definitely have had periods of not having access to like health and medical care for financial reasons. And like the struggle bus, that was me being too old of an adult for my parents to help while putting myself through grad school, Um, (laughs) which is ironic that I'm studying health, but in a weird way I had to like sacrifice health and kind of just cut out these things that weren't necessary. Like regular dental care. Um, I took really good care of them and they're fine now that I, um, you know, have the ability to do things like that. But uh, that was definitely something that was really more stressful than anything. Um, I do think that, you know, I've grew up in outside of DC in a place where, um, you know, I could always walk or do things. I had access to food. I've never lived in a food desert. I think that would be something really challenging that Nicole and I saw a lot of in Mississippi. I feel like we can frame so much of this conversation about some of the things that we saw, Uh, through our time there um not to like make mississippi the bad guy it's just like such an interesting place i think they call parts of it the petri dish of america and uh which is kind of insulting but also (laughs) that's where they do a lot of research because it's just not it's just so different and there's just certain things that go on there that everyone just wants to study but that's what they call the mississippi delta
1: yeah yeah did you ever visit there none no <laughs> I, I never did you, visited like
0: did you see other parts of mississippi besides stark
1: um no and if i'm being honest it's because it's like a northern like liberal uh mexican i was like i'm gonna stay as close to the college as i can That that was just
0: <laughs> i'm gonna stay put it was my safety <laughs> yeah. net
1: i was like you know uh i, I did go to i think yeah. philadelphia to go to the casino which is fun but <clears throat> I went with my buddy, you know, I would never go oh, alone. Yeah,
0: we, we went there. We went to Biloxi, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. But so, didn't we go uh, to
0: Philadelphia for like a rotation?
2: I can't remember. It kind of all blurs together. It's a traumatizing. Mm-hmm.
0: We grass- went to cool a lot of places <laughs> in Mississippi. <laughs> the Petri we dish. Did. We
2: did go all over because we worked with um. Nicole's. It, what is it that we worked with? The community nutrition mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, Wick We did Wick Which was really interesting Because we did go to Really rural parts of Mississippi Which were absolute food deserts So when you're trying to help someone with Guiding like How do I feed my child and I And like your only option is A McDonald's and a gas station It's just crazy Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah like make sure you get your greens And they're like We haven't seen green in months you're like I have
2: canned spinach at the Dollar General
1: Like (laughs) seriously It's just a whole other ballgame um, yeah, I guess for, uh, just to answer my own question too, I, I, I grew up in a, you know, suburban home with a strong, uh, family structure and have never, my parents had really good insurance, which was good. Cause I got hurt a lot. Uh, and you know, had to have braces and all that stuff. So I, when I think about it, I think the, the one thing that, i guess hindered me might have been just like ignorance maybe just because like it's not something that we talked about growing up or it's not something that we we think about because you know my my family is was i mean we're a, a mexican culture where like we we love food and we love being creating memories and i i don't think that i even remember like you know my cousins being told to like be skinnier or smaller my my siblings but that also could be because I wasn't paying attention like I definitely know that the females in my family were treated differently because they're Latinas you know so there's like a a history of like hey women should kind of be like this and men should be more like this whatever but for me it was like I didn't even realize that I was like a fat kid or something until one of my friends or the doctor, I think we talked about episode one or whatever, right? it was like, you're obese. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I'm just a, just a healthy Husky boy. Like my mama says I'm growing and I need to eat. Um, but yeah, like I, I've had the the luxury and the privilege to to be able to, like, if I wanted to join a gym, my, my parents were like, well, we moved into this house and we can just buy gym equipment so like okay cool uh and that's that's probably one thing that i remember posting about like years ago a uh, years ago maybe last year uh when i was home that like i had the the ability to like mess up on my own and not be scared to go to a gym and stuff and think about what people thought of me because it was just like i'm going downstairs and i'm alone so i can just kind of do whatever um so i think yeah the The thing that maybe hindered me the most, or the thing that least helped, was just that I I wasn't told that there's like health things you have to consider when it comes to eating and and activity. Um, But yeah, thanks, mom and dad. (laughs) Thanks for all (laughs) that you do and did.
2: Okay, so seeing that socioeconomic status. um, arguably impacts our health the most. Is this something you think we, as we, as in the healthcare world should address or take into account as much as we should, or like, what are your all's thoughts on basically how this would affect helping other people?
0: Yeah. So the, like the social, determinants of health are basically divided into these five different categories, socioeconomic status being one of them. And that actually accounts for around 40% of um, like the impact that it has on an individual's health. And then health behaviors comes after that. And then the other three are genetics, medical care, and environment. So I think that socioeconomic status is definitely something that we don't take into account as much as we should when we are thinking about an individual's health, or even if we're thinking about an entire community's health. And I think that, you know, growing up or even now, I still hear a lot of people use the argument of, oh, well, they're just like victim blaming. They're just, they're not working hard enough. Um, This is on, this is on them, 100% on them. And I do think that it's unfair when there are these other factors that are involved. And if socioeconomic status is 40% of our health, and like what either drives us towards health or away from health, then why are we not talking about this more? How can we talk about this more? And how can we actually change it in order to see positive impacts in individuals' lives and communities and entire cultures? You know, and I think that's a conversation that we definitely need to start having. And not only do we need to start having that conversation, but we need to start coming up with like these interventions or this problem solving to really dive into like, why does this specific community or um, socioeconomic status, why are they so much more prone to be able to be healthy and this group over here isn't?
2: Yeah, I totally missed that. We didn't even define the five categories. <laughs> no. So it's genetics, medical care, mm-hmm. socioeconomic, environment
0: and health behaviors. Yes. And the health behaviors and the socioeconomic status is going to have the most impact. Those two things, um, genetics, environment, and medical, really only going to be about 10 to 20% each when it goes to like impacting a person's health. Yeah. That's interesting.
2: I almost feel like the medical care gets lumped into socioeconomic status too like Mm -hmm. you know you can't control your genetics sometimes Mm -hmm. medical care you know I was one of those people that fell through the cracks for whatever reason I wasn't even eligible for um Obamacare so I had to pay a fine and no one would give me health (laughs) care so it was great (laughs) and that was it was just like a weird fluke because of state laws and federal laws and blah blah but I mean so it's hard and like not feasible to even you know, it's just not feasible for people to even have that access. So you, you might not be able to control one, two, three, four of these things. And we have one thing. It's like, you can determine your behavior, but still, I think like all those other
0: things impact
1: your behavior. the behaviors. Yeah. yeah.
0: They're inter- and they're all interconnected because if you live in a food desert, that's going to be environment and socioeconomic factors And then that's going to impact your health behaviors. So you can't just take one and be like, well, you can do this. You can control this because all those other factors are going to have impact on that factor as well. Yeah. So it really is this whole entire puzzle that like if all the pieces aren't fitting,
1: there's going to be issues. Yeah, which is why we talk about how the same like eat less, move more like doesn't help at all. It's like mm-hmm. super shitty advice <laughs> when you, when you think about getting healthier or losing weight. Um, there was one thing that I, I was thinking about while you were talking to Cole and it's my first year here. Um, we had to read a bunch of papers. Uh, and I think most of them were put out by the American college of sports medicine, or they were published in that journal. Um, about pretty much why like doctors, uh, give such horrible advice when it comes to like nutrition and like health and exercise and you know I have so many friends that are doctors and nurses in the medical field and whatever but the reality is is that like they're not equipped to handle these things because they don't study it you know they're they're studying medicine like they're they're studying how to heal people from disease not how to make people healthy and so even if you do have like a really good doctor right you have like top tier healthcare. that doesn't mean that you are working with a health professional like rds or trainers or whatever that are going to actively make you healthier and so when you go to your doctor and they say like hey you need to lose weight like 40 pounds and you're like oh how am i supposed to do that i don't know Eat less, move more. That that doesn't help you at all. And it's because they don't they don't take nutrition classes. They don't take exercise classes. And so even if we have what we think is access to really, really good information and doctors and healthcare, like you may just not be looking at the right places. And it's because we've been taught. And for the most part, I think we can agree that. When you when someone says they're a doctor, you're like, oh, okay. you know how to make me healthy. You know how to keep me healthy. And it can just be something like, how do I lower my cholesterol and how do I get fit? But they don't know the answers to that because they don't have to. That's not their job. Um, So just something to to think about as well is that even if you do have access to a lot of the knowledge and a lot of the resources, if you're not allocating it in the right spots, then it's kind of a moot point too
0: yeah and I think even if those doctors do have you know a tidbit of advice or direction it's still only this one five minute conversation and they don't really get to dive in further and really provide ongoing support and then not like not even be able to provide ongoing support but they also don't know what resources this individual has access to. And even if they do ask that question of what resources do you have access to, they can't change it. They can't all of a sudden make you have an awesome Kroger (laughs) one mile away from your house. (laughs) They can't all of a sudden, you know, make sure that you have transportation. I think when we think about this and when we talk about it, it can seem very overwhelming because it's just like, what difference can we really make? And Yeah, I don't like it's hard to just think about all these different pieces that matter so much and trying to decide, like, how can we change this? How can we change this for the better of everyone?
2: Well, I think this is why Mississippi was just so interesting, because I think as practitioners, we have this idea of if I give someone the knowledge and they feel equipped and like they have that they're armed with knowledge that they can execute this thing and change and they can't. And so in environments like Mississippi, they would do research like this. And one of the interesting things they did find in a lot um, of areas that helped was having community support when you were trying to make changes. So even if you didn't have a great environment where it wasn't very walkable or... You know, there you did live in a food desert. There was power and still having the support of a community to work together, to hold each other accountable and try to change some little things about the environment or problem solve things to commit to making health behavior changes. So I thought that was really powerful. That's something I I definitely learned from a lot of the research that was being done in Mississippi. Um, And I can't for the life of me remember... It was Extension. That's who what I was thinking of, Nicole. Okay. Right? Yeah. We worked with Extension a lot and they go into different communities and they have community outreach and they would do things like um, they were on this like gardening kick when we were there <laughs> because you can't buy fresh produce at a family dollar and like an overwhelming amount of Mississippi, your only access is like a dollar general family dollar in some of these small towns. So they were trying to figure out ways to do that and having community gardens paired with the education and the community support that would start to make lasting change. But that's because you're, you're starting to think about people as whole people and you're not just thinking about like, Oh, here's this exercise and nutrition advice.
1: Right.
0: And I also remember us too, about when we were in our master's program, that if you are interested in getting into community and, and, helping communities have these different resources that are going to be helpful, especially in regards to health and well-being, you can't just show up and just be like, hey, this is what you need. And like, I'm going to give it to you. You have to include those individuals into the conversation because this is their community that you are a guest in. And I think that is another thing, you know, even if we do see that something should be implemented, you know, across the country and all different kinds of communities, we still have to like go into that community with respect and ask, is this something you all want? Is this something that will be helpful to y'all? And like, how can y'all be a part of this?
1: Yeah,
2: for sure. That buy-in is critical.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I also think, you know, something that you, you, you said made me think about, um, how there recently has been like a really big push in, uh, diversifying dietetics like i know nicole you and i like raised money to to give to uh i think it was called diversified dietetics right that foundation yeah. because the reality is is like if you have all these people who are you know majority white majority um have a good socioeconomic status like yeah. have all the support and you send them into a community that that does not eat that way, does not have resources. And they're like, Oh, like here you go. Do this. People are like, I don't, I don't want to eat that. Like I, why would I do that? Why would I change my entire life? Um, like imagine someone coming and talking to me and being like, Hey, you can't have tortillas. You can't have tacos. Like what? That's shit. I was raised on. And like, I eat daily. How am I supposed to just be and have tacos now? Like, no, it doesn't make any sense. And so if where the information is coming from then it helps everyone else because then you get to be like, Hey, I remember what it was like living in a food desert. And now I can, you know, think about that. And I remember thinking that I could just go to this, uh, library that had this one book on nutrition and it was from like the seventies. And I learned all my stuff from that, you know, and, and like, that's super important because it allows more buy-in when people are like, Oh, that's my person. Like I see myself in you. I see that mm-hmm. you made changes like and you got out or whatever. Like, how can I, how can I do that? Um, and that's just something I thought about when, when you were talking uh, just now.
0: Yeah. I think us as healthcare professionals, dietitians, you know, whatever our profession is, we can do our best to educate ourselves. Um, when it comes to different cultures and different backgrounds and different um you know, races and ethnicities. But that representation matters. We, we still can't all just be white, thin women, you know, in this field, because the individuals that come to us, like we may or may not have been through similar experiences. And it is important to have multiple, you know, races and backgrounds and that representation is so important. And especially when it comes to providing healthcare to more than just one specific group of like people. Well, we
2: have like, you know, you only have one lens. Like I only know what I've experienced um, and what I've, you know, learned, but I'm never going to know how it is going to be to be in someone else's shoes. And so I think making sure that we have all these different people um, to help with policy to help with general recommendations and guidelines because it makes no sense it's like everything being shaped by the 70 kilogram white male you know it just makes no sense to have this like one lens um one of my favorite dietitians i follow um i think you might follow her nicole's um at your latina nutritionist Mm -hmm. she's great she talks about all Mm -hmm. the time she's Mm -hmm. like culturally we eat these foods that normal american dietetics demonizes and there's nothing wrong with white rice and beans like there's nothing wrong wrong with white rice brown rice is garbage it doesn't taste good first of all (laughs) but she's like this isn't a part of our culture and like it's strange that you know we can't have this lens of saying that these things are bad or demonizing things because culture is such a big part of the way we eat and it's like your upbringing it's your it's your lens it's your world and your environment um, and that needs to be appreciated and taken into account
0: yeah and how yeah. awful is it that we say oh like you can't have that like that just can't that can't be healthy so you can't have it anymore but in you know, culture in my background I get to keep all the things that I grew up with I grew right. up eating Pop-Tarts and, and <laughs> Cap'n Crunch, you know? I don't see anyone trying to take that away from me. But, like, I don't know. I just, yeah, I think that, like you said, Brooke, for so long we see something through our own lens and we we forget that there are hundreds of other lenses that matter.
2: Yeah. I hope that that's changing about dietetics, though, this idea of, like, anything's good or bad. Like, I do think that there – yeah, I don't know. I feel like our field is changing. Maybe that's just because of the people I surround myself with. I'm not really sure, but I think that this idea of demonizing anything is is wrong and I hope that, you know, most dietitians don't do that anymore and instead we figure out ways to add to someone's life instead of telling them they need to take things away.
1: Yeah. I think you just we're we're seeing that just in in general because of how much we're learning now you know i think uh hunter said it last week where he was like you know when you break it down it's just a macronutrient like whether it's a skittle or an apple like it's just a carbohydrate um and so as we learn more of that and we learn to implement it then yeah uh your pop tarts right are my tortillas are this person's you know uh Oh, uh, what a pierogies. you know, it's, it's all just like a carb. Right. And it's just like how it's made is, is different. And based on, you know, where your family came from and the resources available as time went on. Uh, but that's, that's something that's like so important to, to realize. And I think that we push that now as, as we're getting into a space where we're kind of educators and we're kind of the ones that are uh the, influencers of the space not saying we're influencers right but like we do have a uh, an outreach so we get to be like hey remember there is no good or bad it just is what it is then I think more people kind of start to challenge that which is good and then even if they have older people that they listen to or maybe those who are like really stuck in old ways they at least challenge those those thoughts then um which is good uh, just to break the tension a little bit, cause it's got really serious, which is good. Uh, I remember one time my, we were sitting at my kitchen table at my old house and it was my dad and he, he put jelly in a tortilla mm-hmm. and he ate it. And I was, I was young and I was, I just, I was like, that's disgusting. And in like a nanosecond, my dad just slapped me across the fucking face. <laughs> And I'm like, what why would you do that? Like what? (laughs) And he was like, I'll never forget like the look he gave me. And he was like, This is all we ate some days. Like, this is what I was raised at. Like, you don't ever tell someone that their food is disgusting or wrong. And I was like, (laughs) lesson (laughs) learned. From that point, I was just like, That sounds really good for you. (laughs) You know, I could just leave it alone. That (laughs) that
0: quick instant reality reality, check. And then he's yeah. was like, I got bitch slapped.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, for, that's how I learned 90 percent of my lessons. But it's but it's it's real. You know, like even my is notes, my, my <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just wake up to get a slap in the face. Uh, no, but like, you know, my my dad is is, you know, Mexican and Mexican-American culture is is wildly different but like mm-hmm. I, was, I was raised with the food that he ate for the most part, you know, because my mm-hmm. mom was also Mexican stuff. But like we never ate tortillas and jelly because we were I, I am Americanized. I am an American. So it was like, oh, like this is bread. Like tortillas don't go with jelly. And, you know, something like that has always like clearly always stuck with me. This was like 18 years ago or something and will forever stick with me because. I know like I shit on southern food and okra and I call it disgusting whatever but if like you're like hey this is my food and my culture I'm like that's so great for you like please enjoy that like I'll never try and be like you should try something else because that shit's gross (laughs) I just don't like it right because I wasn't raised on it (laughs) but those are things that like we should all be thinking about and and yeah like I think you said it best I think Nicole or Brooke probably both of you like you can't say like, Hey, this thing, that's a big part of you. You can't have it anymore because it's bad. Like what a slap in the face to the generations that came before you and that person. So, yeah.
0: hmm and that's why I think I know Brooke does this and a lot of other dietitians that I know is we ask our clients what those non-negotiables are. What are the foods that You really love and you really want to always be in your life. And we're going to make sure we don't take those away because we know if we do, that's just, that's going to be a piece of you that you don't have anymore or that you miss. And that's not going to do anything good for your health. Like what, what good is it to take this one thing or like these multiple things that you really, really love and you associate with your family and mm-hmm. your culture and your background and your upbringing and your joy. I, I just don't see a benefit benefit to that.
2: You're kind of touching on too, um the different dimensions of health which should be a whole other podcast, because we're just talking about one dimension. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about the social aspect, but there's all these other dimensions that play into it. And like, even what you're describing, it also has to do with this, um, this emotional piece, because those things that bring you joy are important, because your emotional health, your mental health that's important. So it's mm-hmm. this huge balance of all these different things because we're complex beings. I like to say creatures, but being sounds a little more uh, nicer than me yeah, saying complex
1: creature. creatures. We're all animals. We're <laughs> <laughs> Well, what is it? Yeah, we're all know, depressed row, houseplants,
2: row most <laughs> depressed animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all we're all just houseplants with Drink emotions. Some <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Drink some I, water. Yeah, I don't know. So. I know that that you two talked about and and I guess it just wasn't explicitly said, but how how do you go about with your clients and then also like the messages that you send out, whether it's through like your Facebook stuff or Instagram? Like, what do you think about and, and how do you make sure that you kind of don't pigeonhole yourself into like, you know, blaming it on the person or their behavior or whatever?
0: Um, I mean, I, for me, I just don't think that it's ever beneficial to use blame or guilt or shame as a motivator. And I think if you are using blame, guilt or shame as a motivator that you're honestly, just being lazy as a coach or a practitioner.
1: (laughs) I I shame myself into doing that.
0: You're doing that with the you and you like your personal. Yeah. Like, of course, like we all experience shame and guilt and as the individual towards ourselves, but if you're someone's coach and you're someone's practitioner or healthcare provider, and you're using guilt and blame to try to motivate them to change one, it's not going to work. And two, it's lazy. You know, if you can't dive into a person and what makes them who they are and you can't ask that person, Hey, like what does motivate you? Um, Then you probably shouldn't be coaching because if you really do want to make a positive impact in someone's life, you should care. You should care about what they're feeling, and how you can motivate them and how you can encourage them towards their goals. Because, you know, we talk about it a lot, you know, with food guilt, or, um, you know, if someone is really dedicated to exercise, and they have to take a couple weeks off, and then they feel guilty about that, you know, we kind of have to dive into why that is. And, that's where we get to remind this person that there's so much more to you than that one aspect that you feel guilty about because you had to miss for a couple of days or whatever. And I think it's, it's really great that we get to remind those of like, Hey, but you slept like you got five amazing days of sleep this week and you stayed hydrated all week and you were able to like speak kindly to yourself and you were able to, um, be around people that you love and you were able to get all this support. Um, I don't know if that no, answered your question. I just yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. kind
1: of a tangent <laughs> about like, oh, Andrea, just like, I start my coaching calls with 40 minutes of me telling them you are loved. Uh, no, <laughs> but, like, but it, but it's, it's true. Right. Because one of the things you said was like, if you use blame, it's lazy and it absolutely is. But also imagine being that client and, being scared to talk to your coach because you're like, oh, fuck, like I didn't do what I was supposed to. And I know they're going to get angry at me. So now I'm going to lie about this. Right. And so then the changes that we're trying to get you to do or working through, they're not going to happen because you're not being honest. And then also, like, if they're, if you're already blaming yourself, and then you get on a call hoping to be like, my coach will help me through this. And your coach is like, Wow, you really shit the bed this week. This is all your fault. <laughs> You're like, all right, cool. Like that's not gonna help that person either. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you you definitely yeah, answered stop the, giving that, that that question. Like what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right, health. No, um, yeah, it. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's it is lazy. I think for sure. Um, but what about you, Brooke?
2: I think I find most people don't need people are really hard on themselves. They don't need to be, you know, like I think my role and the way I have a lot of my messaging through like social media channels, I think is kind of how initially you asked the question. I rather encourage people to give themselves some grace and I love to give like actionable little steps and things you can do, uh, so that it's just like more approachable. Cause I think nutrition can be kind of daunting and exercise too. If you're not familiar with the the field of either one. There's a lot of jargony terms. There's a lot of people who take it super seriously. Uh, it can be kind of intimidating. So I kind of just like to approach it from a place of trying to break things down and teaching like new think about like, how would I talk to a new client? How can I add value in a small way that's not overwhelming and something that, you know, they could take away from this. Um, that's kind of how I do that messaging. And I liked how Nicole brought up motivating people. One of the things I ask on assessment forms is like, I want to know about like me trying to get to know someone is so important because the way I communicate the, how I receive love, how I communicate, you know, like feelings is different from someone else. So I think it's really important. And I ask this is like, how you know think about like a boss a mentor or someone you worked with who you really loved like what did they do right like what was really empowering and like motivating for you and then tell me about a situation where it was awful and I get to know so much about someone and how they really would be best served by me and interacting with them and I think that that's like a game changer because I don't know have you ever done the love languages
0: test row I know Nicole and I have uh, I was just about to say I'm gonna be like what's your love language
1: (laughs) i don't think so i think when i because it's like five right when do you feel most loved row yeah uh what are the five because I, I think i've like it's thought about physical it
0: touch, words of affirmation acts of service gifts and what's the other one quality time
1: quality time uh without doing the test, I know one is words of affirmation. Like, I mean, I'm a millennial, you know, like, I gotta be like, did I do this yeah, right? You're beautiful. <laughs> Not even that, just like, hello, please, <laughs> please tell me I did a good job today. Uh, and it's, I don't know, probably a, a, a quality, quality time would be the other one. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's such a good point. Right. And, and this is um, on the opposite end when, when I'm doing VO2 max tests or doing tests where we're really trying to see how some of our fighters are are doing and like really pushing them. Uh, one of the things I always ask them is like, hey, when you like have to dig deep, do you want me to be like that positive person? Like, you got it, Dan? Like, how are you doing? Or do you want to be like, you're a piece of shit, John? Like, you need to fucking step this up or you're gonna lose the next fight. <laughs> you know? And and I think that asking those questions, like, really does help because, you know, when you have to dig deep, there's, there's something that needs to be, to be done. And only, you know, the, the answer to like, what's going to get you to push past. Now it doesn't mean you should go into your coaching calls and be like, hey, you're a piece of shit. Cause you didn't get your workouts done. Right. That's in that specific moment of, I'm going to need you to leave everything on the floor. Um, but even just having those questions and those conversations, like, like you said, Brooke, like opens up a, a whole world of like, Oh, so this is how this person is. Like, okay like because then you 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 see how they view themselves and how they should be viewing you as a mentor and as a coach and someone that they're trusting their money but more importantly themselves uh too um so that's that's great i might have to steal that i have like a scale of one to ten from like accountability of like how much you want me to check in <laughs> you know where are you there there but
0: Rose starts asking <laughs> yeah. about languages. i'm and like, like well, i what? can't touch
1: you through the screen um <laughs> But yeah, I, you know, I think that that's great too, to be like, Hey, what, what made you succeed last time? You know, and, and what, what didn't, um, but that's, yeah, that was, that was good. Um, I, I do want to bring up cause, cause this was kind of, I guess the same question I, I asked, uh, was I was talking to my sister recently and, and she was like, you know, I I'm just trying to get healthier and blah, 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 blah and this and, that, and I'm trying to, youtube all these videos or it's like 45 minute workouts or 30 minute hit workouts or whatever and you know if you if you just google 30 minute hit workouts a billion things show up you know and then also it's not like this is super advanced or this is for beginners it's just kind of like hey if you survive you got to get great workout in and so when we talk about uh things that you can do as far as like making those small changes that are going to help you and are going to fit within your lifestyle because, you know, for her, she, she works like a full-time job and then comes home, takes care of my nephew, you know, uh, eats with the family. And then her and her husband are up just grinding at their, at their business until like one or 2 AM. And she's like, I, I have very little time. And so I can't be like, okay, take two hours to drive to the gym and blah, 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 whatever. Like, Hey, you know what? Walk, walk three times this week. That's it. Like that's your goal. And that'll be your goal for the next month. And so like, when we see that, then we know that that affects individual factors, the living and working conditions, even some of her like economic factors, right? Like she doesn't have the money to just like pay for a nanny and, you know, like, have someone else build her business so that's just like what she has to do so and and I only got that and my sister and I like I love my sister but we're siblings so we fight you know and half the time she speaks and I'm like oh your voice just fucking annoys me you know uh but I love her to death but it was only when I when I took the sibling lens off and I was like okay like as a coach how how would I help and it was being like oh you just have to take it step by step just walk you know things like that um so I think that I just, that's probably how I do that
0: just like a client coming to you you're like your fucking voice no, no.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean like I love my siblings to dev so much but like you grow up with them and then you're like oh man I'm just so annoyed by the thought of you sometimes
0: <laughs> I mean how it's many siblings rare. do you have
1: I have three, uh, an older sister, younger brother, and then a baby sister, I guess.
0: Yeah, she's that's 20. a lot. You know, I only have that baby sister, and, I mean, she is a
1: lot, but. <laughs> <laughs> I figure she's she's younger than you, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's good. Awesome. I look at these, these questions, I'm like, dang, we kind of went all over the place.
2: I know bringing, we, yeah, it's we totally so derailed up. from our, our little old podcast question.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but sometimes that's good. I mean, we didn't really derail. We just kind of we took it. We took Bro a different derailed. route. <laughs> 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 uh, All right. Favorite.
2: So I guess. Let, so what are socioeconomic factors that we should be taking into consideration more when it comes to the health of others? What
0: are your thoughts I think there there's Nicole? multiple things that have significant impact, but the few that stick out to me um, are the quality and the access to education, employment and income, that family and social support, and also ones that we don't talk about enough are stigma, discrimination, and racism. And those are big ones when it comes to that socioeconomic factors that are impacting health and impacting like that advancement in those areas. Yeah.
2: You know what I learned this year and I was shook by this and very upset. (laughs) I didn't realize that our property taxes were grouped by neighborhood to go to the schools. I assumed that they were grouped by County to be evenly distributed throughout the County. No. <laughs> I I had no idea. This is so messed up. I understand yeah. there needs to be some type of structure to it. But why would it not be like a statewide or a countywide because then I think you would be able to up the accessibility for so many people. But like I live in a certain neighborhood with a certain income level, then how is that certain neighborhood supposed to like advance if they're not getting like extra help or there's not some type of uniformity. Like, why are kids on the other side of the county? They might have different experiences with education than the kids in this neighborhood. Like, that just makes no sense to me.
1: Yeah, I and mean, you dig into yeah, all that well, stuff. So so you, you is getting I wanted. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean,
2: I think also. I really as health professionals, a part of what we do should be advocacy for our communities, because we have to recognize this is so intertwined, that if we're not advocating for all of these other areas of health, how can we expect someone's nutrition exercise to be working? They're worried about if they have access to a hot lunch or not at school that they might not have because their neighborhood doesn't have the same funding that the neighborhood next door has, you know, it's like, it makes no sense. And I think that as health practitioners, if anyone's listening, if you take away anything from our rants, um, <laughs> really look at how you can be an advocate in your local community for all these things because they affect
0: someone's health. Yeah also, it's it's a privilege to be able to have health behaviors at the forefront of your concern. <laughs> Being able to choose what foods you eat, what diet you go on, what exercise you partake in and being able to change that up whenever you want. And regularly, that's a privilege, especially when, you know, the things that are happening, especially in our country right now, you know, I don't have that fear walking out of my door tomorrow that something might happen to me like a hate crime might happen to me because of the color of my skin. And that really could be like an individual's main concern for their life right now. And we have to take those things into consideration that it's not just about me getting to wake up tomorrow and stay hydrated and eat my fruits and vegetables and exercise my body. Like there are much bigger things happening in our country, especially that impact an individual and, multiple like communities and their health that like we will not like I will never experience and I know I will never experience
1: it yeah I I think that uh so you know coming from the suburb of Chicago and then living in Chicago like we live on the north side and so obviously when people think of Chicago in like a bad sense they think about like you know murders and all this gang activity and like so much of that is really consolidated in the south side where there is very little help there's very little you know money that flows through there so it's kind of one of those like wait we're all just trying to survive but that's something that i was able to like you know i had the privilege of being like hey that's kind of not my problem so i'll I'll get back to it when i have like more money and like try to help then and whatnot then i moved to mississippi and you know like being on that grant with you two like i i learned more and i was like well we don't even have fucking sidewalks here like that was such a big thing and part of our grant was just like building sidewalks so that people could get from one side of starkville to the school right just like making the school the central hub which it already was but like making more accessible but moving out here where the native american population like you want to talk about getting angry right and like we're, like, why do i have these systems in place like i mean talk about a whole set of people that have just been like taken advantage of and getting like the shit on the stick since the inception of this country and and i don't like care if you think this is like political it's just history right like there are things that had to get done i guess in order for us to get to this point but casey had to do a report and she said that if you look at like navajo nation which is like right in our backyard and i have students that you know uh when covid hit they're like hey, uh, I don't really have access to Wi-Fi, so all my assignments are going to be late. And, like, what am I going to say? Like, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> you got to get it done. It's like, you're right. Okay, we'll, we'll make it work, whatever. But the, all of Navajo Nation is, like, the size of Utah. So think about a whole state, right? And there's there's only, like, I think she said there's only, like, eight real grocery stores. Now imagine in your state there's only eight grocery stores how the hell would you expect to be able to eat healthy or be able to get fresh vegetables all the time? And I know that I think all three of us love farmer's markets and they're like really fun. Cause it's like, Hey, like this, I know came out of the ground and blah, 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 and it's organic and whatever. Um, but like, they don't even have access to aisles of food. And so when you think of that, and this is something I can't like really back away from because like I have students where they're like yeah sorry like had to take care of my brother and sister because my mom was blah blah blah. we didn't eat we didn't have wi-fi all the stuff it's like that along with also I'm trying to get healthier what are some steps I can take I'm like oh man (laughs) you know what we're gonna do the best we can but if if you don't end up looking and feeling like you're who you idolize as like this help, healthy, strong, whatever, understand that some of that is because like, it's not the time. You don't have the resource. You have to focus on school and getting out and, and doing whatever it is. Um, and like, that's just added stress that unfortunately, like we can't really do much about. Um, but it's something that I think about so much more now because I really have no, no choice.
2: I think what's like when you kind of put it in perspective, like I practice primarily like human performance and sports nutrition, which is like the luxury of nutrition. Like it's the top. It's like the top. It's like I have met my hierarchy of needs. I've got food. I have an abundance of food. I have an abundance of money to decide what I want to do with that food and Mm -hmm. how I want to change my body to be this performance machine. Like, so it's interesting to kind of have these conversations and it kind of, it really puts it in perspective. It's like the, my area of expertise and ideal client, like they're in this place where they have this unlimited access, but for some people, it really is this hierarchy of needs of like, are the basics being met? And I think that we also need to remember as health practitioners to meet someone where they are. So, you know, it's like really taking into consideration and uh, making sure that we're aware, not just that the client's aware, but we need to be aware of all the different things affecting the decisions they make, their accessibility. Like, that's
0: super important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Reminds me, I think we also see a lot of people right now, especially during this pandemic, where they're kind of like be. For not reaching these certain goals and what you just mentioned, Brooke, of this hierarchy of needs, you know, safety and security is the bottom, (laughs) like that's the (laughs) basic need. And then this higher self is way up at the tip top, but you can't get to that higher self unless you have the four needs below it. And right now, like, living through this global pandemic, like, that has jeopardized our safety. That's jeopardized our security. And it's some stressful times right now. So if Mm -hmm. we can stay safe and we can stay sane, maybe that's just what we do right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, oh, yeah, let me sleep until noon because I'm depressed. And then also try to lose weight and eat healthier. Like, bro. (laughs) What are you talking about? You got to you got to do normal stuff first. Um, But yeah, so I mean, I'm sure we for all our listeners, like you've heard it since March, but like you will get through this. And yes, it is super difficult. And I know that Brooke Nicole and I are like consistently texting each other like, hey we're just having a sad day today. (laughs) You're like, okay, that's okay. (laughs) I know that people on my program as well. It's like, man, I just wish we could like drink and get messed up together and just like pretend like everything's okay. Just once, you know? Um, but this stuff is hard. Like it, and it's, it's something that in the future you will tell your friends and, and family and kids and whatever about, and just be like, yeah, we, that was rough and we did it. And that's that's you know maybe where i i got healthier because i changed something but for the most i think for most of us it, gonna be like yeah that was uh i gained 30 pounds it was pretty cool to be like fat and happy but you know <laughs> after that i had to change some stuff
0: uh,
2: yeah check on your physical tech uh physical touch love language friends we're not okay we're not okay like this lack of Mm -hmm. hugs and like actual connection i'm because that's me like i'm a physical and quality time and i can't really get either of
0: those
1: no one's (laughs) hugging
2: me no one's here to hang out with me.
1: Hug your lady.
0: Oh. <laughs> daddy, daddy. Uh, give those I hugs. don't know what I'm going to do when I get to like, hug a stranger again. I'm just going to be so happy and I'll probably hang on for a long, I did, long. It in,
2: I did that in Tampa and I I you know, was like, I feel like this is illegal and I'm not allowed to do it, but I'm going to hug anyone that's a consenting adult. <laughs> it's so
1: nice to meet you. It's illegal. Like, no touching. no Everything, <laughs> arrested development. No touching, no touching. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean but but really like Nicole you hit on it that it's like we don't feel safe you know there's so many things telling us we're unsafe and then like mm-hmm. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah let's <That's laughs> not even talk about civil unrest but I was going to uh, say
2: the civil war yeah kind of war.
1: like all of that yeah. stuff and so it is it's it's hard to build from the bottom up when you have no base right and mm-hmm. then even if that's good then we go further into what we were talking about as far as like socioeconomic factors. So it's like, you know, I know we talk about it a lot, but like giving yourself grace because like you are a human living in this specific time in history where, you know, A, B, and C is or isn't available or are, or aren't available. So like, you just got to do the best you can, man. <laughs> like That's the reality of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know we kind of went on so many different tangents in this conversation that I think we're all good and necessary. Um, but I think I really just, I think we all just really wanted to touch on the fact that there's so many different factors that shape us and that either move us towards health or away from health or kind of keep us stagnant and, Most of those are not in our control. Um, Arguably, none of them are in our control. Sometimes, like, I mean, depending on what our situation is and what our circumstances and how we were born and grew up and we lived and how we work and how we age. But yeah, I just think it's important to continue to shed light on those things and be better as practitioners and hopefully move. Boards, like this health equity that we're looking for this where everyone has this access to be to reach their full potential in their health and that no one is disadvantaged in that. And right now, I do believe that there are a lot of disadvantages across the board. And I really want to see that change.
1: Eat it, burn the system. That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess people are trying to burn something. I don't know if it's a (laughs) system, but something's coming down.
1: Oh, it's, yeah, I don't don't know about that. Um, Well, I feel like.
0: like, we should
2: remember to give ourselves some grace because, as much as we've joked about, like oh, twenty twenty, like no, we're still in the same shit in twenty twenty one. So, yeah. still give yourself some grace and understand that there's so many other things going on that uh, working and growing your muscles might not need to be a priority right now.
1: Um, so take they care of be yourself. The only priority. <laughs> <laughs> take care of yourself. There. Yeah. Yeah. And I you know, I, I hate to say it, we're not even close to being done. So like, we have a long way to go. So pace yourself. Survive. Yeah, pace yourself. This is is real. Yeah. One day at a time. <laughs> if that means you drink water one day and forget to the next day, no, as long as that, no, that. I'm not saying do that. <laughs> um, but as long as the next day you're like, Oh, I have to make sure I drink water, that's good. That that's a win. The last week I knew that my water
0: consumption was very much down and I was not getting enough so that it has I was able to come into this week and try to reassess that and be like no Nicole, do this one thing
1: see I just do that on a weekly basis
0: (laughs) 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 well and even like you know I was like you know what
2: (laughs) oh I was gonna say one of my clients was like I had a I was in a funk but it only lasted this long. Normally it would be this long. That's a win too. Yeah, 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 It's like, Hey, I was able to pick myself up and get back into my routine quicker than normal. And I gave myself a moment like that's always a win. Like we got to celebrate every
0: little victory in our current state.
1: Yeah. Always. But especially now. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yep. The other day I woke up and looked at my bed and I just wanted to get back in it, but I didn't. So did you make it? You always make it. I did I made it I was like we're gonna make this thing right now because if we don't we're getting back in it (laughs) yeah that's That's why I I make it because I literally I remember one time like I think it was a little over a year ago and I really was in a rough place but I was like texting Ro one day and I was like I I just want to sleep all the time and he's like I think that's depression (laughs) (laughs) and he was absolutely right so I think that's when I started making my bed every day (laughs)
1: that's funny yeah that's why i leave my phone in in the other room so i'm like well if i want to use it i have to get up and whatever i would say and <laughs> when covid hit this stopped but uh and I, I like my thing was never hitting the snooze button because it was as soon as i hit snooze my day started or my day like went back and like i would go back to sleep so it was like no snooze button as soon as you hit the hear the alarm exit up you get up and, like, if I can just last five minutes, I'm good for the whole day. Um, but now it's like I'll grab my phone and, like, lay back in bed for two hours. And I'm like, oh, what's on the news? What's on TikTok? What's this and that? So uh, I think I've regressed a bit in, in that realm, which is not not good. But it's good for my emotional and mental health. So we'll count it as a win.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation, y'all. Me too. Yeah, it
1: was it was good. It was, I hope that people listen and they're like, Oh, okay. You know, that's, that's why I'm doing well or why I'm not, or hmm, that was shitty advice that I gave that person <laughs> or things like that.
2: And definitely reach out if anyone's listening and has questions or wants to be pointed in the direction of other resources, because these are really important, you know, health theories that affect our lives. So we can absolutely point you in that direction. Nicole and I actually did our masters and all this good stuff.
1: Oh okay, yeah, public health, right?
2: We did health
0: promotion, which is like public health light.
1: That's so funny. I always hated the health promo people. I was like, God damn it, you guys get all the you money thought that it was just, we took the easy way out, remember, oh. Brooke? Did I say that? <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> you were just <laughs> He's like, oops.
1: Well, I, just remember, I'm like, I remember I'm like, i
0: don't know what he said it wasn't those
1: exact words but i was like what do you think we did took the easy way out and you were like laughing so like yeah probably no because i just remember being like i just i want money to put new equipment into the gym and blah blah, blah and we could do this through the grant and all i remember is people being like we're giving out condoms on the drill field. And I'm like, God <laughs> damn it. Come on. Can we please get some of that money? I was uh, like, I yeah. don't care if you have
2: syphilis. Just squat
1: more. Yeah, exactly. I remember like yes. one of like
0: the uh, guy coming up to us on the drill field saying that like, literally saying his penis was too big for the condom to fit over and I remember one of the other GAs taking like a literal pool noodle and putting the condom over the pool noodle and she's like are you telling me your dick is bigger than this pool noodle
1: oh my god and I was
0: like oh my god where am I and what is happening expletive expletive not you for everyone
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i have to edit that one out. Sorry. Now you gotta keep it in. That's, that's good no, that, but I guess.
2: I, that's why I loved our jobs though, because we did everything from like, you should eat more fruits and also wrap it before you tap it.
0: <laughs> no, I was at my GA desk one day and I opened a drawer and a bunch of
1: dildos fell out. Jesus.
0: They were used for educational purposes.
1: They were used i guess that's fair yeah don't, don't, don't tell me you walked into your desk and you're like and all these still came out no yeah Mine was just like you know employees being like i didn't show up for work today and i'm like okay cool uh sweet so we had very different ga experience i remember that one
0: time we had to come help you with that race that started at like five o'clock in the morning or whatever so we were there was, for
1: you uh was that battle
0: at the Lake? There was like some sort yeah, of 5K and me and Brooke had to be at the the gym at
1: like 5 a.m. No, oh, well thank you so much. <laughs> I had forgotten all about it. <laughs> uh yeah, no, really, really good episode. Um as Brooke said, um, feel free to or please reach out, whether it's through the Health Unfiltered Pod, uh Instagram, which is at Health unfiltered pod or our personals um to talk about the stuff or anything that we covered. Um even to give us insight as to how we might better serve our clients or, or you, um, you know, if you think that like your circumstance is like very unique or special, whatever, uh, well, I guess they're all unique and special, right? But ending that that might help us as coaches and uh, me to be a better podcast host, I guess. Um, but continue to rate us, uh, share us, leave reviews. That stuff really does help us. Um, and this is episode fourteen or fifty one of those. So I'm glad we've survived and and done it consistently which has been really great but we're we're yeah double digits we're doing it because we're getting um feedback and good feedback so please continue to do that um and is there anything else that you all would like to chime in and say
0: no just thank you guys for listening and loving we're loving doing this (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was like hey, positive wine happy drink Nicole.
1: yeah drink your water Go we're loving team. doing this
0: loving doing this <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god alright well we hope we see you uh, next week let us into your oh, your homes and ears and until then <laughs> cue that music cue the music <laughs>